feedback, reverb, there we go. Yeah, when? So, welcome to Tuesday at the table. And, uh, yeah, we're going to be talking about John chapter 3. Um, we're going to pretty much stay in John for the most part. Um, the center of today is going to be clearly Nicodemus. I love I love Nicodemus. He he's, seems to be a, a cool guy. With some intuitive thinking he's got going on. I like him. I like him. So I'm going to pray and then we'll jump right in. So Father, we thank you for life. We thank you for love. We thank you for you God, and everything that you do for us. We ask you to be with us tonight. And God, let your word just spread like fire. And fill us tonight with what you want us to hear. And uh, we worship you. And that's why we're here, to get to know you better. Uh, so speak to us, Lord. Uh, we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. And so, so if you'll turn to John 3, the Gospel of John, not John 3 John, 1, 2, 3 John. But John, the last gospel, John, the one whom Jesus loves, apparently. 
that John wrote that about himself. He's like, yeah, the one who Jesus loved, me. <laughs> I could see that. That'd be like something I'd say. I'd be like, Jesus loves me. Not all you other heathens. Um, yeah, it's true. I read the Bible a little different. Jesus still loves me, though. So, let's talk about Nicodemus for a second. Um, Nicodemus, we know. Why is my thing is jumping around? So, if you look back a chapter in the end of chapter 2, at verse 23, it says, Now, when he was in Jerusalem at the Passover feast. Okay, I love to put a place in time when I read the Bible. I just don't read scriptures and not know where the area they're talking about, when they're talking about, because that can um, really fill in the depths of scriptures when you know what's going on. Um, so that helps a lot. Who, what, when, where, why's. Um, and, and so when you're reading these passages or any passage in the Bible, uh, learn where they are. Learn the people that are talking to. Learn who's writing the, the, the scripture itself. Um, learn when, when the time frame and area that was in. Um, you know, most people never thought, what, what, are they in the Bronze Age? Are they in the Stone Age? What, what age are they in? What, why are they doing why, what they're doing? So think about these things when you... Uh, when you're reading the scriptures, you know, where, where was this guy born again? Or, or where was he from? You know, so that'll, that'll add depth in what you're reading. And so that's why you just can't jump to John 3. And so now you're, hey, this is Passover time. So now this is, everybody's in Jerusalem. So this place is packed, okay? So now we're fixing to find out why Nicodemus did what he did. And so he said, many believed in his name and when they saw signs that he was doing, but Jesus on his part did not entrust himself to them because he knew all people and needed no one to bear witness about man for he himself knew that or what was in man, okay? So right here in chapter three now, now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. All right, so Nicodemus, being a ruler of the Jews, part of the Sanhedrin, so who were the Sanhedrin? People that pretty much ran the law. They ran the schools. They did all the judging. They did all the... Um, the major things that went on in Jerusalem, they were the head of it. They were pretty much the council for the high priest at the time when Jesus, oh, we'll get there. Um, and so a very, very, very influential man and most, if not everyone of Sanhedrin was pretty much wealthy. It was just part of their inheritance that that you were going to be a wealthy guy okay this man came to jesus by night why do you think he came by night 
He didn't want nobody to know. Right. Anybody else got thoughts? Okay. Think about a think about a writer who is writing this. It came to him by night. Okay? Think about that in a spiritual aspect. What do you think that could mean? Pharisee coming to Jesus by night. What happens? What do we what do we what do we say about unbelievers? They live in the what? They live in the darkness. So could the writer be saying he came to him in darkness? Okay. Now you gotta realize these things are translated. This is not something that is 100% set in stone and um, I, I'm reading right here um, in the Greek as well so that's just something to think about all right he came to him by night and said to him. And, and that could have had a twofold meaning. That means he, he more than likely did come by night because of who he was. He didn't want to get uh, backlash from the other Sanhedrin and Pharisees that, oh, you're going to Jesus, you know. But what led Nicodemus to Jesus? All right, then it says, This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi. All right, what does Rabbi mean? Teacher. Teacher. Okay, why? Now, Jesus is not part of the Pharisee. Okay, he's not a Pharisee. He's not Sanhedrin. He's not any of that. Why did Nicodemus call Jesus Rabbi? Rabbi is something to be earned. Okay? When he calls him teacher, he's got to be of age, got to be of schooling, got to be of um, uh, you have to be earned. That, that, is, that is a title that's earned. So why do you think Rabbi was used here? He did speak with authority. Jesus did, absolutely. So you think that Nicodemus recognized the authority from heaven upon Jesus and therefore announced him rabbi? And that's what I think. I mean, it, you know, Jesus was 30 years of age. All right? So that means he now has become of age to be a rabbi. He says, we know that you are a teacher come from God. Bless you. Okay. So Nicodemus is, is recognizing this guy's he's from heaven. He said, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. So Nicodemus is sneaking out at nighttime. He is now intrigued about Jesus. 
right? He is trying to find the truth. And I love that about Nicodemus. Sure, he snuck out. But I know when I first got born again, I was a little bit timid, I guess, on announcing my faith everywhere. Nah, I can't say that. I was wild as a buck. But I didn't know everything. And so I asked some questions probably behind closed doors, something like that. I mean, there's people out there that I know that are in search of God that are just not shouting it from the rooftops. They're, they're asking quietly questions. You know, they're just the little fish that's nibbling at the bread, but yes, not taking the full bait yet. Oh, yeah, he was definitely seeking solitude with Jesus. And trying to, he's trying to find answers is what he's doing. He's inquisitive. He's trying to find out what if, if Jesus is from God or not. And he's recognizing this. He's like, hey, nobody does what you do unless God is with them. All right? Right. They, they did see it in the prophets, and but it's been 400 years. I mean, it, it's been a long time since really anything has happened besides uh, if you know what the book of Maccabees is, um, a massive war. So this is the only thing that they know is war and God's not really doing anything. Um, so they're, they're looking. They're looking. From a teacher of the law, I could see where Nicodemus is trying to find out what's what's going on, and, and they've they've had people say they're the Messiah before, so it's not nothing new to them. Um, but Nicodemus is looking for answers. I mean, just like we do today, we try to figure out what God is up to, and that's not always easy. I mean, we have to do some seeking. To sometimes find that out. And it says, Jesus answered him, Truly, truly, I say to you. All right, so let's break that down. Truly, truly. That actually transit, trans, translates from, not truly, but actually it says, Amen, Amen. That's what that really means. Let it be so, let it be so, I say to you, unless one is born again, he could not see the kingdom of God. Um, now this is to be born again. Now Nicodemus has never never come across these type of words before. Nicodemus is like, what do you mean? How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? All right. Nicodemus is trying to make some sense about what Jesus is saying. How many times in our life has Jesus told us something's like, do you really want me to do that? I know I've been there a couple of times, especially in um, some places where God just says, hey, I want you to go up and tell these people this. Not exactly, well, 
I've had some good words for people and I've had some bad words for people. Not not as in like cuss words, but bad words like, hey, you need to cut that junk out of your life or God's going to smite you. Um, type stuff before. And so, and then Jesus answered yet again, truly, truly, or amen, amen. What does amen mean? What does that mean? Amen. So be it. Let it be so. Make it happen. That'd be the Alabama terminology. Make it happen. It says, I say to you, unless one is born of water and of spirit. So what does that water mean? Okay, let's talk about that for a second. We just saw baptism Sunday. What do you think that water and the spirit means? Cleansing. So water and of spirit. Do what? Water and blood. But what does the water identify? What is it? What is it saying here? Public confession of faith. What else? Water of the word. In other words, what? Trust in by the spirit. Spirit being full trust. All right. He said, without these two, you cannot inherit the kingdom of God. So I don't think he's talking about a physical baptism, right? He's talking about it, something else. All right, flesh gives birth to flesh. Yep. If you keep reading there, it's going to somewhat identify it. All right, it says... Which would, what which is born of flesh is flesh. Which what is born of spirit is spirit. Do not marvel at what I say. All right, we're going to stop there. It says, what born of flesh is flesh. What is born of spirit is spirit. So he's saying here in the water baptism, he says your life must identify with what you believe. This water baptism is a conversion about what you do. He's saying, if, if what you believe in the Spirit don't line up with what you do in the flesh, it ain't going to happen. Because there's a lot of people that live by the water, by, by good works and acts and all these things, but yet are never going to make it to heaven because they don't live by the Spirit. And Jesus said you've got to have both. He said, because what you believe should identify with what you do. That's what Paul said, right? He said, you show me by your faith by what you say, I'll show you my faith by what I do. Because they both line up. Paul understood in salvation, when you walk in the, walk in the Spirit of God, it don't just put your spirit man into action, it puts the whole thing into action. Right? So Jesus says, you've got to be born of water and of spirit. He says, I want your whole life and your spirit guy too. I don't, I don't want just what you pray about. I want to watch you walk it out. 
Those are two totally different things. You can't have one without the other. You can. I know a lot of, a lot of people that do a lot of good stuff but are hellions inside. But they live by that water baptism. They live by doing good stuff. They don't know Jesus. Jesus here says, you got to have both. It can't be one or the other. I want everything of you. I demand everything of you. Well, that's what this means. What is born of flesh is flesh. What is born of spirit is spirit. Do not marvel at what I say to you. All right, he's telling Nicodemus, he says, do not marvel at what I say to you. You're a teacher of the law. You must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear its sound. But you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. We come and go by the voice of the Lord. Right? You don't know when it's coming. You don't know when it's going. But we follow the voice of heaven. That's why the world don't understand it. The world does not understand why we walk by the Spirit. But other believers do. Other believers get us. Other believers know why we dance on Sunday morning and on Wednesday nights and why we pray on Mondays and why we're here on Tuesdays and why we live our life just like this. But the world cannot understand why we come and why we go. They don't get that. But Jesus does. We do. We do because our spirits are interconnected in one source. That's why. That's why we have discernment with one another. That's why iron sharpens iron. It's because we live with the same teacher. Praise God. That's good stuff. I love Jesus. <laughs> so Nicodemus said to him, How can these things be? Jesus answered him, Are you the teacher of Israel, and yet you do not understand these things? See, Jesus here is calling out Nicodemus and saying, Hey, you're the teacher of the law, and you don't understand these things. How embarrassing this is for you. That's got to that's, that's, that's be a humbling blow for, for Nicodemus right there. I mean, either he is crushed or he is getting angry at this point. And Jesus says right here, Truly, truly, I say to you, we speak of what we know and bear witness to what we have seen, but you do not receive our testimony. Hmm. And Jesus is calling him out now. If I have told you earthly things and you do not believe, all right, so Nicodemus is going off what he's hearing and what's going on. All right. Same as John the Baptist sent his disciples to Jesus. Jesus said what? Hey, go tell him what you see and what you hear. If you can't believe the earthly things that were going on, you'll never believe what I tell you about heaven. You'll never believe it. Never. Right. It is a plural. It is a plural. Of y'all. 
So he said, yep. so he said uh, truly the truth, we speak of what we know, but y'all do not receive our testimony. Right. He's talking about all Pharisees. All his other Pharisees in with him. Yeah. This, this, this reads to me in, in, in Greek that there was more than Nicodemus there. There may have been Nicodemus and maybe a few others. I don't truly know. I can't, but I, I am about 95% positive it was Nicodemus and maybe a couple of others. Uh, just because how it's written, yeah. And so, it says, No one has ascended into heaven except who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up. That whoever believes in him may have eternal life. What happened with the serpent in the wilderness? They what? They put it on a pole and they what? Hung it high, right? And what happened? It said, the scripture says, whoever looked upon it was healed whoever looks upon the cross is healed I love that I love that man that's another Christophany we see that what happened in the days of Moses that when disobedient happened in their life the snakes come out bit them all and God told Moses hey put a serpent on a pole and go stick it up and whoever looks upon it will be healed or they they, they won't die so that's that's fed any Christophany I don't know what is I mean that is another foretelling of, of a savior that's coming I love that and then we get the most known passage in the whole Bible, John three sixteen, for God so loved the world. And I love he te- he tell he's telling Nicodemus this man, he's telling the one of the highest Pharisees and, and part of the Sanhedrin, for God so loved the world that he gave his only Son. Whoever believed in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that order that the world might be saved through him God did not send Jesus to come down here to condemn this world that time is coming that time is not for Jesus that time is for the father but he sent his son to be that snake to be that one that was crucified that who who looked upon him shall be saved as he just said to Nicodemus, says, whoever believes in him shall not be condemned, but whoever does not believe in him is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. And this is the judgment that light has come into the world and people love the darkness rather than the light because of their works were evil. Now what was evil? Their works. It goes all the way back to that water. Their works were evil. 
When you walk in the Spirit of God, your mindset, your worldview must change. If it does not change, I would doubt your salvation. Why I doubt your salvation is because the light of the world has not come in you. Because it says right here that darkness is just it's there. It's because of their evilness, man. Their evilness is done by their works. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light. Yet again, we see these actions of evil men. He does not come into the light. Least his works should be exposed. Hmm. But whoever does what is true comes to the light so that it may be clearly seen that his works have been carried out by God. When we walk in the light, we must walk in what is good. You can't have both. Jesus clearly states it over and over again that those who walk in the light walk in a different world. They walk with good, good acts, good deeds, good gestures, good speech. Everything about them just oozes the love of God. I don't understand people that say they walk with the Lord and, and just somewhat evil inside. It's that saying, you know, I love Jesus, but I cuss a little. I want to smack folks. It's like, no, you don't. No, you love the world and you idolize Christ. But he's not your king. Because when he's your king, you cannot act like that. You cannot walk in the covenant with heaven and act like a hellion. You just can't do it. Because it clearly states that, hey, the love of God ain't in you. If the love of God ain't in you, sure, the spirit of God ain't in you. You can't have one and the other. You got to have, you just got to have the light, man. You got to walk that way. You got to talk that way. It's like, oh, what's that dude's name? That old song? Walk this way, talk that way. <laughs> That's that old song. Oh. What is his name? Oh, okay. Aerosmith. That's right. Walk that way. Yeah, I was thinking of totally, totally another song. Yeah, walk that way. Stephen Tyler. Hellion, but it's a good song, I guess. <laughs> All right. I want to show you something about Nicodemus. Let's go to John chapter 7. See, it's been so long since I listened to Aerosmith, I can't even tell you the name. Back in the day, I'd probably spit that thing off. Um, 7 and 50 is where we're going. And Jesus gets arrested. Uh, all right, I'm going to start in 40. It says, when these people heard the word, some of the, some of the people said, this really is a prophet. Others said, this is the Christ. All right, so they're recognizing, hey, this, this could be this Mashiach, the Messiah. But some said, is the Christ to come from Galilee? All right. 
So why why they say that? Right. But why would they say Christ is from Galilee? That Jesus is from Galilee? Well, that's where he spent a lot of his time. But where did he grow up? Right? He grew up in Nazareth, right? Bethlehem? Scripture did say that. All spring of David come from Bethlehem. The village where David was. So where was the division? So there was a division among the people. They were trying to figure out exactly where he's from. Trying to figure out the scriptures. All right, so these ain't just people that don't know anything. This is a lot of people that know a lot of stuff. These people know the scriptures way better than we do because back then, at the age of 12, they could, pro they could sit here and verbally quote all the Proverbs. These are smart people, very intelligent people. So they're trying to figure out the truth of what's going on with this guy. All right? This dude is on trial. If someone puts you on trial for your faith, would they have enough evidence to convict you? They did Jesus. And I pray that if someone put me on trial for my Christianity, they would have enough evidence to convict me very clearly. It wouldn't even have to go to trial. I'd be like, yeah, you're a Christian. You're dang right I am. It said some of them wanted to arrest him, but no one laid their hands on him. The officers, um, <laughs> okay, some of them wanted to arrest him, but nobody laid their hands on him. Why did that happen? All right, you got to think this guy has not been convicted yet. As a Jew, he has rights. They're not just going to touch him. They wanted to, but they didn't. The officers then came to the chief priests and the Pharisees, who said to them, "Why did you not, or why did you not bring him?" The officers answered, "No one ever spoke like this man." All right, so Jesus is is, is making an impression about what's going on. Pharisees answer them, have you also been deceived? So they, most of them have already got their mind made up. This guy is not from God. They wanted him gone. Have any of the authorities or the Pharisees believed in him? But this crowd that does not know the law, right? You see what's going on here? But this crowd that does not know the law, they're separating them from everybody else. These people don't know what's going on. Who, what authority do they have? They're just a crowd of done people following this guy. They don't know nothing. Nicodemus, who had gone to him before, who was one of them, said to them, Does our law judge a man without first giving him a hearing and learning what he does? Nicodemus, here he comes. He's demanding a fair trial for Jesus. Why do you think he did that? He believed him, or he's starting to. He's trying to make sense of what all is going on. He's like, hey, 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 we need to judge this guy fairly. We want to know the truth. This guy was a truth seeker. He wasn't just a Pharisee. This guy was after the truth. He ain't saying, hey, we're just going to condemn this guy over nothing. What if he is what he says he's going to be? A fair trial must be, must be given. We've got to figure out who this guy is. 
because he didn't want to miss the Messiah. He didn't want to miss the mark. He didn't want to go against God. That shows you Nicodemus had a love for God. Pharisees had a love for the law. That's what separated Nicodemus from everybody else. See, it ain't about playing church. It's about seeking God, right? I don't want to play church. I don't want to play this stuff. I want to find heaven. That's what Nicodemus was doing here. He's like, sure, the law is there. He said, but I want to find God. I don't want to be against God. That's a bad spot to be in. And they said, hey, are you from Galilee too? Search and see that no prophet arise from Galilee. All right. Old Nicodemus, boy. He's stirring up some stuff. I like that. All right, let's jump to 19. John 19. Everybody must have phones because I don't hear any pages turning much anymore. I see Becky out here, a couple of books going, but it's like, I love technology, man. Makes it so much, so easy. What I say, 19, what? Yeah, 39. Talking about the death of Jesus. No, 38. Okay. Or, sorry. Yeah, 19.38. After these things, Joseph of Arimathea, who was a disciple of Jesus, but secretly, secretly for the fear of the Jews. Mm. All right. Asked Pilate that he might take away the body of Jesus, and Pilate gave him permission. So he came and took his body away. Nicodemus also, who earlier had come to Jesus by night. The writer of John is clearly saying this over, we see it three different times now. The first meeting at the, um, the trial there that Jesus is going on identifies Nicodemus as a guy coming in the night. The third, right here, three parts. Now, you will not find this in the other synoptic gospels. The three other Gospels, you will not find Nicodemus. It's the only, only one you'll find Nicodemus in. This writer, whoever wrote the book of John, could have been John, whoever wrote this was probably there or heard everything about Nicodemus that was going on. We don't know. But I love that it's there. All right, Nicodemus also, who earlier had come to Jesus by night, came bringing a mixture of myrrh and aloes, about 75 pounds in weight. All right. So, what does this mean? Oh, 75 pounds. 75 pounds. This is equal to the amount of a royal burial. Royal. It's not a common thing to get that much of these spices. This is a magnitude. 
of what's going on. Why did Nicodemus bring so much? Because Nicodemus identified who Jesus was. Nicodemus honored Jesus and said, you are of royal blood. You, he identified him right here before everybody and said, this guy is worthy. That's what just happened. I love that. Without saying nothing else about Nicodemus, that right there tells me everything that Nicodemus has already surrendered his life to Christ. Has already surrendered his life to Christ. Because you don't bless somebody that much unless you totally believe in them. I just don't. I don't see it. To prepare the body for the burial. Yeah, especially you're a Pharisee. All right. Huge. All right, that, that is, that's monumental. All right. So, Nicodemus. I love Nicodemus. Nicodemus relates so much of people today, so much of people today, that they are seeking for the truth. All right? They seek the truth. They're finding out. They're nibbling at the bait. They're coming to him at nighttime. They're trying to figure out the truth. Now Nicodemus is somewhat standing up for the truth unto his other, um, other brothers and his family and everybody else. And he's like, hey, maybe there's something more to this guy. Maybe there's something more. He is walking out the very salvation that talks about in the New Testament. He's walking it out. He's finding the truth. And now he's investing 75 pounds, thousands upon thousands, ten thousands of dollars in the, in the death of Jesus himself. This is what's going on. What is, what happens in our life when we surrender to Christ? We surrender everything. Nicodemus is clearly going against the grain of the Pharisees right here. Absolutely. Because they just, they just killed him. Right? They just condemned him. They just killed Jesus. But Nicodemus is like, well, there goes my inheritance because he just went against all grain. He just hung himself out to dry because now he lost his job. He's lost everything because he just committed to Christ. This is what's just happening. It don't read that way. That's what's happening. It just says Nicodemus gave him 75 pounds of myrrh. No, that's not what happened. Nicodemus just gave him up his whole life. Everything. He said, that guy's worth it. That guy is something different. That dude's the son of man. And I'm going to follow him with everything I got. It don't read this way, but this is what's happening. That's why I love Nicodemus. He understood what's being born again. Just like Zacchaeus. What happens to Zacchaeus? 
Zacchaeus is one of the best ones out there. He said, today his salvation has come to you. Zacchaeus didn't say nothing. Zacchaeus up in a tree trying to find out what's going on. He said, today I'm coming to eat at your house. Zacchaeus like, I'm giving, I'm selling everything I got. I'm giving half of it to the poor. I'm doing all this stuff. If everybody, if whoever I've done wrong, I'm paying back double. He said, salvation's coming to your home. He said, I'm going to come in and I'm going to eat with you. Same right there in, in, in Revelation chapter 3. In verse 20, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. Whoever answers, I will come in and eat with them and they will eat with me. Zacchaeus. And the same here with Nicodemus. I love these people, man. I love how they understood what was going on and who Christ was becoming right before their very eyes. And I love that. I was thinking it. I just thought of it. He was with Joseph. And it says Joseph was secretly his disciple because he feared the Jews also. So yep. I can imagine they're they were together, they had conversations because they were both, they, you know, Nicodemus was secretly going to him. And then yep. So what they were talking about, that would be interesting. Yeah. Um, now, there is a guy, um, Flavius Josephus talks about a man named Nicodemus Ben-Gorion. Okay. Um, it, it talks about a guy, the first century guy, that was in the revolt um, and when um, who is I'm trying to remember the guy's name it was part it was the Roman leader of the time of the great revolt that was going on for 10 years but it talks about a guy named Nicodemus Ben-Gorion that pretty much gave up everything and followed Christ and this could be the same guy Um, we don't know for sure but the similarities are are very there Um, I mean very there there is a, a gospel called Nicodemus uh, I haven't read it, but I've read about it. There is multiple things about this guy named Nicodemus that is out there. Um, I challenge you to go and read about it and see what kind of thought patterns you have for it. I think it's pretty cool. Um, but his name is Nicodemus Ben-Gorion. There's, it's just very, I'm not saying it's exactly him. There is a... Um, Nicodemus was a, a pretty popular name back there, back then. Um, so it, it literally means Nicodemus, son of Gorion, is, is what that means if you want to know. Um, but just a, it's very similar. Um, this guy was a Pharisee. You know, Nicodemus was a Pharisee, rich guy, rich guy. Um, and so, and was was part of the the massive revolt, and so, and it, he was he was known for for being a very nice guy too. So, a lot of a lot of parallels there that could have made him this the same guy. 
which I thought was just amazing. And so, yeah, just food for thought. Y'all got anything? Besides Nicodemus was a pretty cool guy. No, no. This clavicle psychologist, Jordan Peterson. Yeah, I know him well. Yeah. Do you? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know, he, he went through a phase. He said, I um, know there might be a God, but I, how did he say he said it? I fear, but I don't think there's a God, but I fear there is. He right. Said. He thought, you know, I might. Right. Yep. Extremely intelligent guy. I'm just absolutely and extremely intelligent. If you don't know who Jordan Peterson is, look him up. Um, some of his earlier videos, 10, 12 years ago, um, you know, he does. He talks about God, but he talks about a God with a big question mark at the end. Uh, but now, no, not anymore. And that's what I love about it. He, he, you know, it's he's pretty solid. I, I love the way he, he thinks and rationalizes things out. Extremely intelligent guy. And so, um, yeah, very good. And so, yeah. There's so, also yeah. one other guy, Nicodemus. Yeah. But he is, he's, he is also a teaching, going to all the colleges and things, and his name is John Lennox. Have you heard of him? John Lennox? No, you're talking about um, that guy recently. That, oh yeah. my gosh! You know, new faith and was out there. Anyway, he he confirmed him, and you know he said really science leads to God. Oh yes, very I'm much afraid. so. No, no, no. That's good that stuff. Oh. That um, you were talking about. Who is the guy's name? <laughs>
Yeah, I'd actually like sit here and look at him. Stephen Hawkins. Golly, yeah. bum. Just some uh, uh, molecules. You know, we, yeah. we have our intelligence. Right. Oh, absolutely. No, no, no. That's good. Let's, let's pray and we'll talk some more. Father, we thank you for tonight. We thank you for your word. We thank you for the example Nicodemus set for us. God, we thank you for just so much in life and, and to be baptized by the water and the spirit, Lord. God, we honor you. We worship you. In Jesus' name, amen.